But God had, oh, Lord, God had other, other desires for me. We're just going to keep this like, ooh, the new year is really trying to do something to me. <laughs> We're just going to keep it down just like this. Um, this morning, Kiana talked about um, the fact that we are at a threshold moment, and I love threshold moments. I absolutely love threshold moments because threshold moments hold power. If we did not believe that threshold moments um, hold power, we would not pause and stop at threshold moments. If we did not believe that threshold moments had power, we would not ask a five-year-old or a 45-year-old or a 95-year-old at their birthday party to make a wish over their lives. But we believe in the power of threshold moments. Thresholds oftentimes hold for us this imagination for something new in our lives. And I know I say this over and over again ad nauseum as a pastor, but I think probably the greatest threat to humanity is that we don't dream enough for ourselves. And yet at threshold moments, we are actually willing to stop and to pause and to say, what is it that I might be able to leave behind so that I might take something on that is new, that is greater than the thing that I have left behind. At the cusp of any moment, like a moment like this one, something about us in, in this room become willing to sit and to lean in and to say, how might Christ want to co-labor with me that something about next year can be different. I don't know why in March or April or May or June or July or August, September, we don't typically think in that way, but you know, today becomes a day that is an opportunity for us to spend some time dreaming and also um, leaning into some practices that might help us to discern what God might be up to in our lives that marks the new, not only personally, but also collectively. So I know it probably seems like, oh my goodness, every single year, she's going to say the same thing about St. Benedict, always we begin again. Every single year, it's not about chronological time, it's about Kairos time, so it's not about December 31st that makes the day special, it's about how God is operating in. You know what, that's right, tell them that I said the same thing last year too. You still showed up. Because <laughs> there's something very powerful about these moments. So a quick word about our um, thank you. Oh, my God. Lord, see how the Lord provides. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, friend. Because mm, God said, I need a new music stand. Um, a quick word about our scripture lesson this morning. Um, it's actually it's going to be taken from two different passages uh, from Isaiah chapter 61 to Isaiah chapter 62. Now, I could have chosen a text that I felt like, oh, speaks to a new year, you know, new season, that kind of thing. But actually the lectionary, which is the way in which scripture is divided up throughout the arc of the Bible over the course of the year, this was the um, Old Testament text that was designated for this morning. So I want you to know that I didn't go looking for a passage of scripture. This passage of scripture claimed us. I didn't claim it. Okay, um, And this particular passage of scripture in um, Isaiah actually comes from the portion of Isaiah's prophetic work that speaks to Jubilee 
And if any of you were here at our seven-year anniversary, Jubilee is this understanding that personally God is going to be at work in our lives, that there is going to be major transformation, but also to collectively in our lives, there's going to be major transformation. Over and over again, an image that comes up in Jubilee is that um, there will be Sabbath for the land, Sabbath for God's people, that everyone will sit under their own fig or vine tree, meaning that everyone's going to have the resources that they need, that all debts, all debts are canceled, my God, on today. <laughs> Sally Mae, we love you, but we don't love you like that. So Jubilee, the reason why I, I mention this as we talk about newness is that um, in this particular passage, it's not just ethereal, the trees of the field are clapping their hands, and you know, all the stars and the moons, they love, they love the Lord. It actually is anchored in tangible ways that we see our lives changed. It's not just spiritual language that Isaiah is talking about in this particular passage. It's actually anchored in some new realities in our, in our lives. I, it's just important for you to know this because I'm not going to go deep into this passage, and I don't want you, when you leave this place, talking about me, saying she only highlighted one passage of Scripture from this whole text, because I gave you the commentary in the beginning, friends, Okay. <laughs> It's just important to know, okay, that this passage echoes jubilee of God doing a new thing and God redeeming all things and not in a way that is ethereal or spiritual or just woo-woo, but about creation being transformed and we also too being transformed in the midst of it. So hear now these words in Isaiah chapter 61, starting with verse 10 and then 62, um, to verse 3. And the scripture says this, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. I love that. All of you will be embodied as you praise God. For God has clothed me with the garments of salvation. God has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. So this collective understanding of deliverance. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until her vindication shines out like the dawn, and her salvation like a burning torch. It's like when we sing the song, this is the sound of jubilee. I can't keep silent. I want, to, I want to say something about what God is up to. The nations shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory. And here's the part that we're going to land on. And you shall be called by a new name. Say new name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. Isn't this beautiful? You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. And you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. It was about four or five years ago, I cannot remember because we had a whole pandemic and my memory, hoo-hoo, but it was about four or five years ago, we got a new sign outside of our former church building, uh, Milner Memorial Presbyterian Church um, on Newburn Avenue. 
And baby, we had never had a building and ever, never had a sign before, so we were extremely excited about this sign. Thank you, Kima, for the sign. And so we decided that we were going to let the world know about our new sign, not just the people who drove up and down Newburn Avenue. So on our, in our Instagram account, we put a picture of, the, of this new sign, and we, in our caption, simply said this, new sign, who dis? <laughs> it was the most liked post that year. Now, there are times when we write paragraphs and theological statements and treatises, and no one likes those posts, but we say, new sign, who this? And folks go wild on Instagram. Now, here's the thing, like crunk, like get turned up, like any of these particular phrases that we use um, in our vernacular, I have a feeling that new fill in the blank, who this is gonna come to um, the end of its life cycle at some point. New hair, who dis? We don't say that anymore. We got to keep moving, okay? So it's not about the phrasing that gets people excited or that people resonate with. What people resonate with, I feel, friends, is this idea of just newness. New is compelling. And what I mean by new, um, it doesn't necessarily mean shiny. It's this idea that there is, like, something springing forth that is better or greater than what you had before. And in the context of faith, when we talk about new, new oftentimes means the fullness thereof of a possibility or a reality in our lives. New oftentimes looks like something greater or better than what you had before. We understand new to be the way of, of, of God, like, see, I am doing a new thing. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. When God looks at all that God has created, it is declared very good, new. There's something really precious about the things that we, we see as being new in the world. New might mean the season of joy, um, that you have so wanted now comes to you after a season of despair. It's new. New might look like finally being content after you were in a job that sucked the life out of you. New might look like having more days of laughter than days of tears. In this like idea of our faith, new points to greater possibilities. We are compelled by that. New life, who this? We're compelled by this. We like new. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that because God likes new. God likes, God likes new. And God makes us new. And God gives us new things. In um, Isaiah 62, verse 3, it says that, and God, and you will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. Which means that there are some names that are ill-fitting for you. There are some names that don't speak to the possibilities or the beauty in you. There are some names that don't call forth the power in you. There are some names that don't say adequately who you are. And so it says this, but God, God will call you by, by a new name. 
not what the empire, not the people who are trying to destroy you, not the ones who cannot see you as the very good creation, but instead you will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You have to understand that naming for God and new names for God speaks to how God knows us, also cares for us, and also how God claims us. In Isaiah chapter 43, it says that when we walk through difficult situations, that we're going to come out on the other side, that God has called us by name and that we are gods. And being gods isn't about God just having like a possession over us. Being gods means that everything that comes with the benefit of being near and proximate to the goodness of God also becomes the gifts that we have and can claim in our lives. To be given a new name is to also understand something about the one who is also naming you. This new naming is not just about a moniker. It's not about consonants and vowels. This new name is about new realities. When I call you something new, you also get to live into something new. So that means when you've been called unproductive or scattered or the one who hides or dismissive or not able or not worthy, God has the ability to come and disrupt not just the name, but how those names cause us to live in thwarted realities of our lives. But you will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. This new name, friends, is an invitation to a new life. But you will be called by a new name. God will come and disrupt the old thing. So what is your new name? New name who it is? You know, everybody's got a little post they're going to put on Instagram, or like the word they've chosen for the year, the intentions they're making, the commitments, the journal they're going to buy, how you're going to take on some new practices in 2024. New name, who this? I'm waiting. I'm waiting to know your name. But I wonder if maybe the greater task is um, if we wait for God to name us, and to whisper a name. So my parents are from Ghana, West Africa, and there are multiple language groups within, uh, within Ghana, but one of the most commonly spoken languages in Ghana is Chi. And there's a way in which you can ask somebody their name, not by just like saying, what is your name, but actually you ask, how do they call you? Your friend was saying, so how do they call you? So you basically are telling people, this is how other people call me. Not my name is, but no, this is how they call me. How do they call you? God always calls us something better. So even in the midst of you trying to choose something, choosing this word, I'm choosing this intention, I'm choosing this commitment, what about, okay, God, what do you call, how, does, how do you call me? divine. How do you call me who starts with the very good? How do you call me who wants to give me a new name? How do you call me who wants me to dream? How do you call me who wants me to imagine? Maybe I will start first with the one who is so expansive and the way in which God operates for me to hear the whisper of my name. How, do, how does God, how does God call you? 
So what becomes our task is not chasing after a new name or trying to hustle and do the spiritual practices that help us to confer a new name. Sometimes we first start with the gentle nudges of God speaking to us what we are going to be called, what names we're going to be called in 2024. So I want to share with you something, because I know one of the new names that God wants me to be called in 2024. I was on the phone with one of my dear friends, and we were talking about um, the genocide of our siblings in Gaza. Um, my dear friend is, um, has lots of family members and friends who are, um, who are Palestinian. And she said to me, Lisa, you know what I realized is that solidarity is my love language. I said, Deanna, say that one more time. She was like, when I see individuals making space for me and my identity and the things that cause me to weep and that cause me to, to feel so broken and so helpless, she's like, solidarity is my love language. And the way that thing, you know, this is what we say in the black, the way that thing sat in my spirit. <laughs> I could not stop thinking about that. I could not stop thinking about it. Let me tell you why I couldn't stop thinking about it. Because I have to be careful to not just say war as we talk about um, what's happening to our siblings in Palestine. I want to be mindful of using the word genocide. And um, in 1994, I was of age when the Rwandan genocide was happening. I was writing all these beautiful papers for Somerville High School. You know, they thought I was a literary genius. Not really, but... I was of age, and I watched, I watched my siblings in Rwanda I watched it on the screen. I mean, I watched it. And um, as someone in our community said, we slept through that genocide. We slept through that genocide. Now, when my friend said, solidarity is my love language, I thought to myself, how will they call me in this season? Will they say, oh, we call her Lisa who is in solidarity with? Lisa who's in solidarity with Sudan. Lisa who's in solidarity with Haiti. Lisa who's in solidarity with her Southeast Raleigh community. Lisa who's in sol solidarity with her um, siblings in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Lisa who's in solidarity uh, with Israel-Palestine. Lisa who's in solidarity with her siblings in Gaza. That her name is one who has something to say when oppressive systems try to take out other people's lives. Will they say that about me? Because in 1994, and granted, I'm not flogging my younger self. It was the Lisa who slept through. That was my name. Again, I'm not going to flog myself. But that was my name. It was a gentle nudge over a telephone call that I recognize in 2024 that one of my spiritual practices is going to ask myself over and over again, what does it look like weekly, also monthly, for me to lean into an act, a right action of solidarity? That my prayers 
are married to right action, that becomes righteousness. That my love of God and my love of neighbor somehow are conjoined in a way that you can call me the one who is in solidarity with. Now, it's not about me performing so that people can assess my solidarity. I'm so sorry. I do not have time for that. Miss me with that. I mean, truly, truly. Don't, don't be, don't be, when, when, when people's lives are on the line, don't be worried about how many captions, okay? Um, that's not why, that's not, that's not, that's not it, friends. Um, so that means, and I, I think I've said this before, we might be misunderstood in the ways in which we believe that God is naming us. But if I have listened to the whisper, solidarity is going to be your name. But you will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. Okay, friends, so you're like, okay, Lisa, this is real nice. So how do we go from, oh, we listen to this gentle nudge, we listen to the whisper of God so that we can get a new name that we might lead into a new life. I don't believe there's only one answer for what that might look like, but I do want to just suggest this is going to be the so what of the sermon is that uh, there's this practice called the rule of life. And the rule of life is a spiritual practice where you basically create like a trellis for your life. So rule doesn't necessarily mean like regulations. Rule means that it's, it's something that anchors your life. It, it, it comes from a Latin word meaning like trellis. That a rule of life, um, there are practices that are anchored in Christ that come out of a place of asking some examination questions that shape us into being the people that God is calling us to be. So it's not simply that we believe all these things, but our belief is anchored in daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly practices that help us to become who God is whispering in our, in our ear. It's not about a formula, because this is going to be the new thing we're going to say at the Southeast Road, miss us with that. It's not about formulas. X plus Y doesn't always equal Z in, um, in the spiritual life. Okay? A rule of life is not a self-improvement plan. A rule of life is how we reflect God's glory in this world so that people can see how we are named by God. Your name is prayerful because you have been anchored in practices that help you to be prayerful. Your name is rested because you've been anchored in practices that help you to be rested. Your name is generous because you've been anchored in practices that help you to be generous. Your name is unhurried because you've been anchored in practices that help you to be unhurried. Your name is um, uh, bears good fruit because you've been anchored in practices that help you to bear good fruit. Your name is... um, uh, adventurous because you've been anchored in practices that help you to be adventurous. First starting with, okay, what is God calling me to be? What is God whispering of me? And then what are the practices that help me to flex those muscles that I can be that? Not self-improvement. You can go to Barnes and Nobles for self-improvement. About reflecting glory. It's about you putting your head on the pillow at night and saying, the name that God has given me is the name that I live out in my life. That there's congruence in that. 
So this morning, um, when you are leaving worship, um, if you did not get one on the way in, you can get one on the credenza or on the small table near our accessible entrance. But there are these um, sheets that's a rule of life worksheet that you can work through so that you can say, okay, my life matches my name. And this is how um, I'm going to do it. I love threshold moments. I love that 12 months from now, we're gonna be right back here and I'm gonna be able to say, oh my goodness, look, 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 look what God has done in us. Look what God has done through us. Oh, Jubilee, 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 Jubilee. Oh, rested, 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 rested. Oh, took a risk, took a risk, took a risk. Oh, committed, committed, committed. Oh, just within yourself so that there's justice in the world. Oh, the ones who are, who are in solidarity with. I cannot wait to see in 12 months who we will be. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord is giving. And let us pray. Speak to us, Lord. Whisper our name. Tell us how we will be called. And then by your grace and by the power of your Holy Spirit, make it so. Do not write this name on a name tag, O oh God, but etch this name upon our hearts so that the world cannot take it and we would know that the world did not give it, but that we were called by a good name, by a powerful name, by a majestic name, by a new name that you have conferred upon us. Lord, we pray all of these things and we believe all of these things. That newness is our birthright that at these threshold moments